0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Dan Orlovsky from the Mothership, former NFL quarterback, will rank the job openings in the NFL based off the current quarterbacking situations. And, of course, there is an opening with the New York Giants. From what I was told yesterday, Part of the reason why the Giants did wait an extra day is they did hear from some candidates for the GM job, and they were saying it's going to be a a tough job to take if we don't get to pick our head coach. And this goes back to what I've talked about, that there are certain coordinators who are just meant to be coordinators, because once you become a head coach, now you're a CEO. And if you're a coach in the Belichick tree, you don't have to do interviews. Ever. You know, the Giants used to do this under uh, uh, Bill Parcells. Alabama's assistants don't do interviews. The head coach takes care of everything. Well, when you have uh, Bill Parcells or a Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, they can take care of the press conference. But Joe Judge, you know, didn't have a lot of experience, was with the Patriots, special teams coach, And he must have gone in there and just blown him away with his enthusiasm, old-school excitement, probably knowledge as well, but he wasn't ready for the moment. The moment was big. You're dealing with the New York media. Now you have to be a CEO. And Joe Judge was not good in the media, not good at all. Now, if you win, it doesn't matter. Belichick has proven that, that you can be gruff, You can say whatever you want. Say as little as you want. Greg Popovich, you don't have to say anything. I won. Well, Joe Judge is not in that situation and won't be in that situation because he got fired yesterday. But Todd is here to provide a limerick to put a bow on what the Giants did yesterday. So, Todd, the stage is yours.
1: The Giants have been running in sludge, causing their fans to yell, Oh, fudge. Their coach was sent packing, but much more was lacking. Will things improve? You be the judge.
0: All right. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh Todd is also doing the poll question duties today. Would you give us an update? Which
1: team has the best QB situation for a new head coach to come in? Jaguars, 41% in the lead. Right behind them, the Raiders at 39%. Then the Bears at 8%. Okay.
0: The Raiders' job isn't officially open. I think that's going to depend on who they think they can get. There are reports that, hey, they're going to swing for the fences. They're going to go for a big-name coach. Uh, They did that before with John Gruden. Uh, But what if they win in Cincinnati? You have an interim head coach that, according to the reporters covering the team, the players like him, uh, great in the locker room. They have produced for him. They got into the postseason. I don't know. Maybe the Raiders job is open. That was the job that we heard about that Jim Harbaugh's name was attached to, whether that's true or not. But Raiders got the game against the Bengals coming up this weekend. We'll get to phone calls coming up. And uh, make sure you go check out the merchandise that we have on the website. A few more calendars left. A few more signed calendars as well. We got a winter hoodie that's gorgeous there. We got the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Shrugs t shirt, all available at danpatrick.com. Yes, Paul.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about something Albert Breer said last hour from the Monday morning quarterback that not having a quarterback it can be more attractive than having a quarterback. He's talking about like the New York Giants, they can have draft choices and they could pick a new quarterback or, you know, uh, but then a team like the Vikings, they're kind of stuck. Like if you're a head coaching candidate, the, how attractive is the Vikings' job? Can't bring in your going quarterback. Yeah, because he's forty-five million dollars. Yeah. But the Broncos is attractive because you could hit the reset button immediately on the quarterback position. and People expect you to.
0: Yeah, Ceden.
3: what do you do in Chicago? Well, no, I like that. But what if the co- but now the coach and GM that you're bringing in, they have to like that quarterback too.
0: Yeah, but I I think you would probably find more of a consensus to go in and coach Justin Fields in Chicago than you would Kirk D. Cousins in Minnesota.
3: But doesn't it feel odd, though, that you're going in, I mean, like taking the quarterback that the people you just fired liked?
0: <laughs> but I thought they took him so they wouldn't get fired. Which didn't work. No, but but I thought, it, you know, that, you know, I Matt Nagy I thought was going to get fired last year. And then when I said if they take a quarterback, they might buy themselves two more years. Well, it didn't work out that way. They only got one year out of this. But I think there's a consensus. Having Justin, you know, they love potential. You know what you get with Kirk D. Cousins. Justin Fields, you don't know. We love, we're fascinated with potential. Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo got you to the playoffs. Man, we can't wait for Trey Lance. Okay. The Dolphins. You're not quite sure. You took potential in the draft in Tua. Now you've seen who he is. Is that enough? Is that an attractive job? By the way, Dan Lebetard, the voice of South Florida sports, will join us coming up
3: uh, in an hour from now. Yes, Eden. But that's another one where the GM liked Tua, so they draft Tua and they fire the head coach. But the GM is still there. But the GM and Tua are still there. If you're a coach, is that the one you want to go to? I just don't think you can have a GM
0: that stays... And, you know, a coach that goes or a coach that goes in the GM. Like it's, I think you got to have a clean sweep there. It feels like it's almost like quarterback head coach and GM are all intertwined and we're all in on this. And then if it doesn't work, we're all out. Yeah, Paul, I would rather
2: be a GM though, because the usual GM in the NFL thing is you get hired, you hire a coach, you fire that coach and you get one more hire. Like you get usually get two head coaching hires max as a GM of any uh, head franchise. All
0: right. We'll get some phone calls in here. Uh, And we're going to stay with that poll question hour or two for now. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tom. I mentioned uh, at the end of last hour about Steph Curry, GQ article. And uh, he was talking about his team with the golden state warriors, the 2016, 2017 warriors against the 1995, 96 Chicago bulls and who would win. And he says, of course we would win. And then, Everybody went crazy. Like, uh, Steph said, yeah, he's going to bet on himself. And they added KD that year, you know, to a team that won 73 games. Uh, It's different styles. It's a different generation. You know, they played different back in the mid-90s than they do now. If you're playing today's basketball, well, you got to factor in a couple other things. Who's going to be taking threes? Are you going to take more threes? Will Michael take more threes? You had Steve Kerr, but he wasn't a volume guy. Kukoc could shoot deep. Pippen wasn't known as a three-point shooter. Um, if you're playing back then, you know, it's far more physical. And, you know, we saw the way the Bulls played back then. You got Rodman, and you got coach, you got Scotty, you got Michael. Um you know, Ron Harper, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a great defensive team. That would be a fun matchup, just the defense. And Golden State was always an underrated defensive team. But I think, the you know, the, the key to that matchup would be Kevin Durant. Who's guarding Kevin Durant? Can I get Pippen on him? Can I get Rodman on him? Uh, that, to me, would probably be what decided that series. But it would be fun. But, you know, it's always... Dangerous with you and when you change you know you're comparing generations there yeah pong
2: here's a little interesting stat that you know obviously the three pointer is the biggest deal when you compare the warriors seventy three win team and the bulls seventy two win team so that bulls team that's ninety five ninety six so there was there was threes happening but mm-hmm. not near the volume of today that team attempted thirteen hundred and forty nine threes on the season that bulls team mm-hmm. the uh, warriors team that won seventy three games they attempted 2,400 threes, 1,000 more threes. They both shot 41% as a team. Mm. They had the same exact shooting percentage as a team, but different volume, yeah. different.
0: I'd never bet against Jordan. It, as much as I'm fascinated with Golden State, loved watching them play, I saw it. I saw it up close, every one of those NBA finals, and I was just, man, whatever it would take, they would do. And I, I just wouldn't go against Jordan. All right, some phone calls in here. Sean in Kansas joins us. Hey, Sean, what's on your mind today?
4: Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I have two possible poll questions for you. Mm. But um, first, I just wanted to say Alan Fieldhouse was rocking last night, and uh, I was talking with Marvin before this about how uh, I think it's the best place that you can watch a basketball game, and the only place that people tell me that rivals the fog is uh, Madison Square Garden, which I've never been, so I can't argue yet. But uh, I used to hate Roy Williams for leaving, and I don't know. I, I've grown to uh, I've grown to love him a lot as a coach, but I hated him for leaving leaving so much. <coughs> but um, sorry, I was going off on a tangent there in my own mind. So my poll question: uh, Would you have to bench one, start one, or cut one? Uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, or Davis Mills? And um, I have an NBA one. Uh, you have to start your season moving forward. Who would you rather have, John Morant or
0: Lamelo Ball? All right. Well, thank you. That's that's a lot there, Sean. What, Paul? I, I don't
2: like this at all. I'm going to defend Fritz here. Clearing your throat during a long-winded poll question pitch—that's Fritz's job.
0: Mm.
1: That's a double whammy. I'm the poll guy. And I'm, and I'm the throat clearer. So he's like stepped on my toes. And
0: a long-winded guy. And he, he strikes you st- your out, basically. <laughs> so he said that you're going to <clears throat> start. Bench, uh, cut. I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm going to keep Trevor Lawrence in the starting lineup, and I'll probably have to cut Davis Mills of the Texans. I guess. Princey.
1: Yes, sir. Clear
3: some throats. Here we go now.
5: Clearing throats now. Here we go now. Clearing throats now.
1: I have a little frog in my throat.
0: Let Fritz clear his throat. You okay, Todd?
1: <laughs> you know I love that one.
0: Well, I, I just want to make sure. After yesterday, I want to make sure. Oh, my that, sensitivity level. Yeah, we're yeah, that, that's
1: all right. But that was Seton. That seemed appropriate in this moment.
3: That was Seton's if, call right if there. If it came
1: out of left field just to
3: do it, okay. then I'd have a question. There's okay. a certain amount of brilliance to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's about as good as it gets in terms of It bit. was timely. It was fine. Uh kitchen i hope i got
0: that name right in wisconsin yes you're good Dan. Uh, five seven one forty five okay um I, I thank you blessed to be a
4: long-time listener since tanya harding days Ooh. i love that interview <laughs> i love that one Ooh. um i i might i'm a little late on this but i wanted to call and just throw my name in the hat on the sprinter van and the traveling um my wife and I are teachers. We, uh, we have a sprinter van that we bought for our two kiddos so we can go on some road trips in the summers. So I've got some sprinter experience. And uh, being from Wisconsin, I'm also a Bears and a Cubs fan. So I think uh, the combination of being a teacher, I've learned some patience, listening skills, and uh, being a Bears fan in Wisconsin, um, I'm humbled easily. I'm, I can sit back and take a beating pretty well. Um, and I've got a pretty strong liver because of both things. So I think I'd be a good uh, passenger in the van,
0: and I'd love to take a little ride with Oh, Okay, that's uh, Keechan in Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, the, the the possible candidates to ride across country. I didn't even know this was part of the contest. I thought it was just you and the French kid.
3: Yeah, it was, and then you threw in, why don't you start picking people up? So. Uh, oh, <laughs> so that's my fault. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you volunteered oh, me for that. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> and thank you, all right. thank you legally, are we allowed to give somebody a ride across country? Not likely. We're probably not, not? likely. Yeah, that's oh. that's ultimately going to be my out here. Is, oh, okay. I'm sorry. It insurance wise. I... Uh, I wish I could pick you all up. I really do. Yes, Todd. I have
1: to sign some kind of waiver of paperwork, God forbid, or else it's just
2: straight hitchhiking at that point. Yes, Paul. That thing is, though, I, I still want to get on that
0: bad yeah. boy. I, I got a so line sad. of
2: friends. Say, hey, can you help me in the console? I'm like, I can't help you. What do I got? How am I going to help you?
0: Uh, Matt in Miami. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. Uh, I got a little more information on the
4: uh, Flores firing here from a personal trainer friend of mine. He sends me this text message today that says, Coach Flores led the charge in Tua getting tested for PED four times between March 2020 to June 2020. Yeah, but
0: I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't allow that. I you know I I need something else some somebody who does
3: this for a living.
2: Oh, you know his his uh, anonymous uh, personal trainer wasn't a credible
0: source. Yeah, I, I I can't do that.
3: Remember, he, we had the dude call in from the Apple Store though in uh, Green Bay. Yeah. I think it was, and he was giving us uh, Aaron Rodgers news. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh yeah,
2: his friend knew the realtor who could be selling Aaron Rodgers' house.
0: But then you also had, had the, a meeting. Didn't you have the guy at the airport? Who, the private airport Yeah, in Green Bay. Tail numbers. Yeah, we and, got that information. Yeah.
3: yeah. My favorite report is uh, so-and-so's wife and kids were here looking at schools. Yes. They're definitely coming.
0: What, wasn't LeBron and his family <laughs> yeah. in
3: Philadelphia? They're in Philly looking at schools. They're, they're at at definitely coming here. Could have been a charity event, but nah,
0: let's say they're moving there. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the one. I, I'm hearing Saban's wife looking at houses in Texas. Now, I do think Texas was close to hiring him, or at least they got his attention there. I don't know if he was looking for real estate there. By the way, the number of people who bought houses without even going to the house during the pandemic was amazing. That you would go, you would just see it on the on the web. You would FaceTime your house, and you would get a tour, and people were buying things. Not sight unseen, but you're... I guess it pretty close to that you are not even going to the, the, the actual property. You're going, yep, we'll take it. Like, okay. Kind of, yeah, I'll take that car. Well, you don't want to, you want to drive it? Nope. We'll take it. alright seven seven three dp 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at uh, DP show, by the way, Joe Montana, cool under pressure. It's uh, a new documentary documentary series. That's streaming now. You go to Peacock, PeacockTV.com to sign up. You can also watch this program. And we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. Best job opening based off the quarterback. And Dan Orlovsky just tweeted out that Joe Burrow has played in six have-to-have-it games in his career. He'll talk about that and how Joe has done in those you have to win this game. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. LifeLock is here to help you. The holiday gift-giving season's behind us, but you know what? You got a lot of internet action there. All that information you put out there. Make sure that you protect yourself from cyber thieves. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day because we put so much information out there on the internet. In an instant, cyber criminal could steal what's yours. Sometimes even harm your finances, your credit, reputation. Good thing there's LifeLock. Helping detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses, but help protect what's yours. LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code PATRICK or call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK. For 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll talk to Dan Lebitard. He'll join us coming up, top of the hour. Get his thoughts on what the Dolphins are doing. Keep the GM, fire the coach. Maybe a little disconnect between coach and quarterback there. He'll join us coming up top of the hour. More phone calls as well. I saw this tweet from uh, Dan Orlovsky. He said, Joe Burrow has played 6 half to have-to-have-it games in his career. You go back to LSU against Alabama, SEC title game Georgia, the semis against Oklahoma, Clemson. Then you go to the Bengals week 16 against the Ravens, week 17 against the Chiefs. In those games, 6-0, and he is thrown for almost 2,700 yards, averaging 444 yards per game. 27 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Da, da. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? What stat of the day. Ah, We bring in Dan Orlovsky. Do you love Joe Burrow or do you love Joe Burrow?
5: I love (laughs) Joe Burrow. Joe's my favorite young quarterback. Um, You know, Dan, I'll be honest with you, man. So obviously call college football for ESPN. And um, the year that LSU 2019 won the national championship, I had called a couple of Clemson games that year. And I've loved Trevor Lawrence really since that freshman season at Clemson called a couple of Clemson games that year, and then going into the national title, I was I was Trevor Lawrence. I was just like, I, I think the kid's absolutely spectacular. And I thought Joe was really good and Heisman winner, all that stuff. But then I did the mega cast for that game for ESPN, and we were on the field. It was me and McAfee, and it was just a free-for-all. But I remember during that game and then after that game, walking away going, that's the guy about Joe Burrow. I was like, that, he has that rare, just super rare ability that he mentally wants to just, he takes pleasure in taking your soul on a football field. Like he, he wants to humiliate you while also his pulse just never seems to rise at all. And I think it's one of those things or the thing that NFL teams just chase after chase after for quarterbacks, but it's so hard to kind of touch and quantify. And uh, I said this, last year there was no young quarterback that i would have taken outside of joe burrow besides deshaun watson um in that moment and then i sit here today there's not a young quarterback that i would take over joe burrow under the age of 25 give me joe burrow
0: even justin herbert
5: yeah yeah and i love justin i think justin's fantastic he's gonna win mvp of the league at some point what do they I do like what's
0: what's what's Burrow do better than justin herbert
5: um, I think Joe, number one, has the ability to never panic. You know, we call him poise, whatever. He just never panics with the football, and I see a great majority of that with Herbert, um, but not in the like, not in the way that I see it with Joe. I think Joe can make um, more throws that require a little bit more touch, a little bit more love on them. Justin's arm is so powerful. And so strong. Now Justin can do things that Joe can't as well with the arm strength and the athleticism. Um, I, I just I, I think because of just the 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 ability to never panic with the football is my favorite quality of Joe.
0: Yeah, you start to look at these quarterbacks, and I think it's easy to forget about Joe Burrow because he was playing for the Bengals. Like that, you know, that's a cute little story. Then he got injured. Then mm-hmm. coming into this season. AFC North was packed, top-heavy, it felt yeah. like, and then there was going to be the Bengals. And then you look up and you go, Bengals won the division, and yeah. they're in the playoffs. But I also wondered bigger picture here. Are we being fair to the job that Joe Burrow did that it feels like it's a foregone conclusion? It's Aaron Rodgers, MVP, and then mm-hmm. Tom Brady second. Yeah. Maybe it's Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor. Has anybody been more... Has Have Rodgers and Brady been more valuable to their team Than Joe Burrow,
5: I don't think you could say that they've been exceedingly more valuable. But I do think that the fact that the Green Bay Packers were a thirteen and three with Aaron, obviously thirteen and four after this past weekend, and the one seed when you know that, and, and this is why I think that Matt Lafleur is the coach of the year, and and with respect with the job that Mike Vrabel has done, and and a guy like Nick Sirianni and Zach Taylor. The offseason has to factor into the equation when you're when you're talking about aaron Rodgers in regards to the mvp this team lost their starting tight end midway through the season they played games with aaron jones they didn't have their all pro left tackle they lost their basically best offensive lineman outside of bakhtiari and elting jenkins the reality of that alan lazard missed games so the fact that aaron Rodgers played at the level that he did and never hurt his football team in regards to kind of his impact on that team and being the one seed, yeah. given everything that transpired, that's why I like Aaron's the MVP for me. I agree. Joe's been spectacular. If it wasn't for two Hall of Famers, Joe's probably in that top conversation. But I don't think you could put him past Aaron and Tom.
0: Of all the uh, coaching vacancies, if you factor yeah. in the quarterbacking situation, yeah, how would you rank them?
5: It's a great question i think it's the i first of all denver broncos is is the number one for me um with when no quarterback. you guys sent, yeah the denver broncos when you guys sent over the note um that that was going to be a question i was like well that's that's easy it's jacksonville you know it's trevor lawrence and then i started to think about it and i said well you know what about denver dan because denver's got a phenomenal roster they've got great young skill talent Really, two good backs. One being very young, a solid offensive line. Sertan looks like a superstar. You just got to get a quarterback, right? And then I thought to myself, dude, you got to play Justin Herbert and you got to play Patrick Mahomes four times a year. You don't want that job. And then I started to lean towards, well, the Chicago Bears because you you know you've got at least a talented guy in a year. More than likely, he's going to be the most talented quarterback in that division, assuming Aaron leaves Green Bay. Um, but. The reason i put and then obviously the new york giants i think the giants have more talent on their roster than kind of the situation portrayed it to be this year denver broncos are one for me because i still think that that is a potential destination for aaron if aaron leaves green bay um afc get him out of the nfc and they've got a head coaching vacancy that you can kind of nathaniel hackett pair it together potential but i just think it's so hard to build a roster in the nfl around a quarterback you, you like the, the, the broncos already have 95 percent of the puzzle done now the one missing piece is obviously a missing piece <laughs> but we've got Rodgers potentially in the market we've got russell potentially in the market we've got baker mayfield potentially in the market we've got deshaun watson in the market whatever your opinion on that situation is and how the league handles it and then we obviously have the draft so I know it's easier said than done to find that guy, but we often don't have veterans entering the market that are good potentially like this. Uh, I think second for me would probably be um, the Jacksonville Jaguars because of Trevor. Um, I I just think he's still got the chance to be a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I would then say um, the New York Giants would be a close third. I think they could be too. I still think the Giants are the Giants, Dan. Like it's the stinking New York Giants and I believe there's some young talent on their defensive side, I would move on from Daniel Jones. I would move on from Saquon Barkley easily. And then I put the Bears because they just don't have money and draft capital.
0: You also have the Vikings situation, which is interesting. A new coach coming in, and you got Kirk Cousins, who gives you sort of – it's almost like it's food that that, uh, fills you up for about 15 minutes, and then you're hungry after that. Like it's really yeah. good, but then it's like uh, it's not that fulfilling, and you got to pay him forty-five million dollars.
5: Yeah, I was having this conversation with Scott Pioli yesterday because I was saying, you know, it was a front office. How do you handle it? Because you know, there's five or six just great guys, like they quarterback-wise, they are great. And then there's that group of ten or so that are good players. And if they get a good play caller and they stay healthy on the offensive side, and they got good position players, skill-wise. They can play like a great player, but they're good. And how does the organization kind of maneuver its way saying, we got a guy that's good. When, when does the moment come, we got to chase the great one. We got to try and find a great one. Yeah, so Minnesota is a good one. I, I forgot. So Minnesota, the most interesting thing for me, for Minnesota with the new general manager and the new head coach is, yes, what are you going to do with Kirk? I think his contract is guaranteed next year as well. And then, and I don't know Justin Jefferson at all, but I think he's a bona fide top three guy at the position, potentially top five, probably right now conversation. How do you get him? How do you convince him to stay when, you know, eventually Justin's going to become a free agent. And how do you convince that player to stay a part of your organization? I think is one of the biggest challenges for the general manager.
0: Dak Prescott has been good, very good or other.
5: Uh, Dak Prescott's been good this Now, Dak Prescott's been very good this year. He's been very good. There's been moments where he did not play uh, to his kind of standard um, injury. He did not maneuver the pocket well. He would drop his eyes against the rush. I think the connection between him and Amari Cooper is very much so lacking. The reality is what the tape shows and then the numbers say. Um, I think that there's two quarterbacks in the playoffs, three quarterbacks in the playoffs that have an immense amount of pressure on them. Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think Aaron's probably third in that list uh, because I think he's so at peace with whatever's happening. Um, I think the amount of pressure on Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford is enormous.
0: Yeah, I would throw Josh Allen in there too. Yeah. This was supposed to be his year.
5: The year, yeah, I mean... Josh has had a tremendous year. I agree. It's playoff time. Yeah. You know, New England is weaker than it has been. You know, if they would seen him five years ago, six years ago. I think the AFC is absolutely loaded. Um, yeah, you know, like if if I would if you had told me they had Tradavius White still, I would sit here and say, yeah, because I think that defense is unbelievable. And I still think their defense is really, really, really good. I don't think that Josh has more pressure on him than Matthew or Dak, though. Okay. Like, yes, there's pressure on him, but I don't think more than those two guys
0: more likely to leave their team, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers?
5: Hmm. I think Russell Wilson. You know, I really do. I, I think we obviously heard the rumblings last offseason. It seems, and Mina Kimes has pointed this out many a times on NFL Live, like it seems like the organization is going to have to choose Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, I would go, let's take Russell. Let's keep Russell and, and, and find a new coach. But I don't know if that's what Russell wants. I don't know if that's what the organization wants. I just, and I think that, you know, given what had happened last offseason, and then the way this season went, um, I just think it's it's likely that he leaves that place. I also think it's likely that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be very interested in Russell. Um, the way that, that things have gone in Green Bay, it's, you know, like, I feel like I try to go on in my job and be very convicted in the
0: things that I say. I have absolutely no clue what Aaron's going to do. <laughs> I just wonder, why would you leave the NFC North? Like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I've already, I'm, I can plug in at least five wins, it feels yeah. like, for the next couple of years. Yeah. And you've got, as much as he was critical of the front office, that front office knows how to draft. They, they, oh. they, they may not have taken a wide receiver instead of Jordan Love, but they can flat out draft and they sort of rival you know the Ravens are always wonderful. yep man yep. I, so I got that. I got the legacy there. I'm I love Denver. I think Denver is the the sneaky pick because that roster yes. is ready to detonate yeah. in a good way. but I, I just look around and go, you keep Devontae Adams got two running backs. You got your, you know, offensive line to some defensive players who can make a difference. You like Lafleur. You can deal with, you know, the front office like, well, yeah. you know,
5: the, the only reason Aaron would leave would be things that have nothing to do with what transpires on the football field. Mm-hmm. This would have to be I just want to change the scenery or I want to move somewhere different or I just I wanted a different challenge. It's different than the situation that Tom had because Tom left New England because of a lot of what was transpiring on the football field because of the depletion of talent where if Aaron leaves, it's going to be because I wanted to do something different. I wanted to try something different in a different space. It has nothing to do with, I felt like opportunity football wise was going to be greater somewhere else.
0: He's Dan Orlovsky of the mothership. You can see him. uh, They got Monday night wildcard. That's uh, the mega cast there. Uh, Dan O with Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge. And uh, you can see them daily on NFL Live. Uh, is there a college quarterback worth a top five pick this year?
5: Um, I haven't seen one, Dan. You know, I, I, and I and I won't dive into those kids really till like the end of February, early March. But I I haven't seen one. I think
0: ten, top you know, ten. Guy, top ten.
5: There will be. You know, this league. You know, <laughs> there, there will be. Um, you know, I think the Kenny Pickett kid is interesting because from Pitt, because of what Mac Jones has done this year. I mean, you get it and what Joe Burrow has done. Now, I don't think he's nearly as good as Joe, but you know that that guy that played a lot of snaps in college and that is a very smart player and, and is kind of You know, hardened that leadership skill set and is mature enough to go into that locker room and and um, is a better thrower than he is an athlete, but a a good enough athlete and creator. I think Kenny Pickett is an intriguing guy. Um, Obviously, Corral is going to be somebody that is going to be very much so paid attention to because of his athleticism Malik Willis from Liberty because of just the raw special talent and athlete that he is. Um, I think someone will go in the top 10. Yes.
0: I think this strong kid out of Nevada is going to be one of those to keep an eye on. That yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't I, I know been, enough have, about him. You know, that's where you're like, wait a minute. Uh, he's going to test off the charts, or it, it just feels like if somebody's going to come out of nowhere, it might be might be that quarterback. Or at least that's just a gut feeling that because every year. There's always a riser. There's always sure. like here he comes. And you're like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. And then you yeah. realize and you know.
5: Dan, there's just going to be so much quarterback movement this year, man. Like I know, I know we thought last year it was going to be it and we had a, a little of it, but this year, I mean, you could be thinking of you, you know, the Dolphins could be in the conversation for a quarterback. You're you're looking at the um you know, what happens with the Raiders and Derek Carr? I'm such a Derek Carr fan. And I think he's a phenomenal player, but they don't owe him any more money. I, I, who's going to be their head coach? You know, it's just like, you know, there's there, Derek Carr can have movement. What happens in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield? What happens in Pittsburgh? Um, you know, what happens in Indianapolis? What happens in Houston? There's just so much yeah. potential movement at the position, man. Uh,
0: obviously, you are here to show off the guns.
5: I just got done working out, man I wouldn't call them guns dude i I'm built let's like see my let's see what let,
0: let's see what you got let's see what you got there look at this, Dan look ooh, at this Ooh. you know suddenly this I, don't, is, I don't feel so bad,
5: Dan, this is someone who like I've worked out relatively fairly since I was like twelve years old but it it, it just didn't happen man it just didn't this is like someone who works out really really hard yeah. And, I remember, you know, being like in the NFL my first couple of years and I would hit the weight room as hard as anybody, just because that's, you know, something I I was brought up, worked out, and the guys would make fun of me because they'd be like, no one on our team works out harder than you, yet no one looks (laughs) worse than you do. And I would sit there and be like, yeah, guys, I I understand that. Try, Try being the guy.
0: See, you're like the before to Brady Quinn's after.
5: Brady's an absolute <laughs> specimen. I could yeah, I'm not even the before. I'm like the like like fresh out the womb of Brady <laughs> Quinn after. You know, just kind of like smushy and you know, why do why does your body look like that rather than its shit as an adult male?
0: Uh, great to talk to you as always. Thank you, buddy. We'll be watching. All right, bud. Thank you so much. Have a good day. And that's Dan Orlovsky. The uh, ESPN's first Monday Night Wildcard will feature the mega cast with uh, Dan and the rest of the NFL live team, Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge. Yes, Paul?
2: Yeah, he was uh, sleeveless on our show. They should do more shows sleeveless at the, mm. the mothership. You know, show mm. off the
0: guns. Marcus Spears, big guy. But you have to have guns to show off the guns.
2: Orlowski's in good shape. No, he's in good shape. He's sinewy. He's in great dad
0: shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if that's your dad bod, he's doing well. That's phenomenal dad shape. But if he walks into the weight room... Like I don't go. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work out today. Like he walks in, I'm like, okay, all right. Somebody else just starting to to lift. Somebody else who can't bench 100 pounds. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, this Paul. is where all the hot dads go. <laughs> yeah,
0: all right. Yeah. yeah,
2: Paul. At my daughter's school, you know, all the dads are you know, some are puffy, some are in decent shape. There's this one dad. He looks like a young Terrell Owens. He is unbelievably jacked, yeah. and he doesn't hide it in any way. Yeah, so worse. all the dads are sitting around, and you're always like 45, whatever. And he comes walking, in and you're like, oh, come on.
3: It's the worst. Yeah, I, see. I have a similar scenario, but the opposite. Whereas in my son's school, there's a former Sports Illustrated swimsuit model whose child also goes to the school. And when you go to like the school dance or something, actually pre-pandemic, you would go to like school functions and stuff, and you'd be there like in the line trying to get the free pizza or something. You look at her, you're like, oh, my God. What? i mean, I'll say to my wife, I'm like, babe, you see that woman? <laughs> go, oh, my God. <laughs> you can't uh, control it. But yeah.
0: even, even then, that's where your wife will go. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, I think I know her. I think she was in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All right, well, take a break. More phone calls coming up. There was a moment last night in the Phoenix Suns-Toronto Raptors game. Towards the end of the game, less than 10 seconds to go, Devin Booker's at the line, close game, and he makes a free throw, and he then he motions behind the basket. Now, there's no fans there in Toronto, and the official turns around and he's pointing at the Raptors mascot because – Since there's no fans, there's only the Raptor there underneath the basket, and he's waving his (laughs) arms or wings, whatever he's waving, and Devin Booker had him kicked to the curb. They moved the mascot out of the way, and then he made his second free throw. Yeah, Paul.
2: I checked on this a little bit, did a little research. Uh, Mascots stand under the basket often when fans are in the stands and try to raise the fans up and distract the free throw shooter. So what the mascot was doing wasn't inherently wrong. But is it, is it wrong because there's no fans in the stands? So who is a mascot trying to pump up?
0: Come on, you're Devin Booker. You're one of the best shooters in the game. I don't care who's behind uh, the, uh, the basket there. I mean, you played in the SEC. You played in big games. You played in the NBA Finals. You got a a Raptor there with his arms up in the air. It's a close game. Oh, stop.
3: Six and a half seconds
0: left. When you get locked in at the line, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't see anybody else.
3: Yes. I could see how it would be more annoying or distracting having one mascot (laughs) there rather than 5,000 people. I really could see that. All right. Yes, Todd. But
1: there's been far more. I understand scene's point, but far more distracting things over the years. People with inappropriate signs, uh, you know, swimsuit models and banging things and, you know, that they get from a, the souvenir. It's like ridiculous.
0: I, you know, the fact that it was the mascot, it's the Raptors stadium. So he's saying that I want the Raptor removed. And you got to put him all the way over here out of my, my line of sight. Yeah, Paul.
2: The visual is so great because the Raptor in this clunky Sesame Street outfit is sitting at the end of the bench like where the 12th usually is. Yeah. He's all like forlorn. He's yeah. like, this is a sad little loser. Pterodactyl. This yeah. <laughs> sad pterodactyl on the bench. Yes. You got to let him do
1: something. What other role can the mascot have? He can't interact with fans or take pictures or anything. Oh. So he's got to, he can't just stand there. He's the can mascot. Can
0: we call for the Raptor? But then I'll talk the Master. Yeah, I know. It'll be a tough interview for okay. you. Okay. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind? 5'7 and
4: 165.
5: All
4: right. All right. Good morning, guys. Hey, I just had a, a little a little take on John Morant to see where he's at as far as you uh, project him. Um, you did say he's top five in the NBA as far as a superstar right now. Yeah, it feels I think like that it. Adding. Steven Adams, having Jaron Jackson finally get up to the level we thought he'd be at helps the team. But do you think that he would be in the MVP conversation? You say there's always a narrative, a story, a new guy. He seems to be leaping ahead of Luka a little bit and leaping ahead of Trey Young a little bit. And he's had his points and assists go up in each one of his seasons so far in the NBA. I also, one other thing real quick, maybe a poll question for the third hour to help Todd out. Okay, going off of Dan Orlowski, are you a sleeveless hoodie guy? Yes or no? All Maybe talk about right. like those.
0: All right. Thank you, Andrew. We'll hold off on that poll question. Uh, do I think like John Morant is? He's become sort of the flavor of this season. Uh, you know, with Zion, remember we asked the question when Zion came in and, and John Morant, who would you want long term? And I think, you know, I was looking at Zion's body and would that body be able to hold up uh, and marketing him? And then John Morant was going to be in a smaller market with a team that not very good. Well, that team is good. They've won 10 games in a row and they've beaten playoff teams from a year ago. Plus, He's exciting. And I wondered about his outside shot. When he was in college, he was dynamic. And I, and I do liken his uh, approach. Uh, Derek Rose or Russell Westbrook, it's attacking constantly. And it feels like, and he's going to make highlights. Like you, To make, you know, to be an MVP, you have to be in the highlights. You have to be on Center. You know, Jokic won last year, but they couldn't deny it. He's having as good a year, if not a better year this year. And he's had injuries on that team. What the Joker has done has been unbelievable, but he does not make the highlights. Nothing like a a strong putback, great outlet pass. (laughs) But he is as valuable as anybody in the league right now. But John Morant deserves to be in the conversation because Memphis is winning. They're a good story. Hopefully they get a few more primetime games so people can see him. Dan Lebitard on the issues with the Miami Dolphins. Is Jim Harbaugh possibly on the way? He'll join us coming up momentarily. One more item as we close out hour two. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Landa Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together families can heal. It's a special place where families know, their neighbors understand and care. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The foundation's Do Good Village is going to help those families beyond measure and it's all thanks to the donations many acres of land and your generosity help america's greatest heroes and their families heal together make the do good village the first of many communities like it with every mortgage-free home the foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of our heroes donate $11 a month to tunnel to towers at t the number two and the letter T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Thank you.